Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me is Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. We are coming to you right after Memphis's loss to Western Kentucky. Brooks is busy doing Thanksgiving with his family right now, so me and Kenny wanted to jump on real quick, break down the game. It's probably going to be a pretty quick breakdown with it being Thanksgiving. Kenny and I both have family we need to attend to, so we're going to knock this out as quick as possible so Kenny, it wasn't it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Honestly, with the way that Memphis started, I thought that I thought that this was gonna honestly be a pretty easy win. With the way it started, I was thinking, okay, you know, they took control defensively, they're playing well offensively. I think they went on an 11-0 run early in the first half. And I was like, okay, this this seems like it's their game and this is their tournament. Yeah, no, I I mean, after that first after that initial 11-0 run, I started seeing folks immediately start comparing this team to the 08 team and you know it is one of those things you know with tiger fans we have to be careful and and going way too high and way too low you know obviously this game didn't turn out the western kentucky game didn't turn out the way that tiger fans would have wanted but christian if you can think of a like one or two things that you say this is why the tigers lost today what what would your response be I think number one is is obviously offense, and there are definitely specifics on the offensive end of the floor. And if you watch the game, uh, you heard Dan Dockage say a lot that they were playing selfishly and they were forcing shots. And was it selfish the way that they were taking shots? Yes, but I think that there's a different component to that that isn't necessarily selfishness. And it may sound a little weird, but I'll explain. Um, so this team... Most of the guys are returners from last year, but you throw Landers Nolly, who's obviously transferred from Virginia Tech, you throw him into the starting lineup, and he's a guy that demands a lot of shots, a lot of touches, and rightfully so, he should get that, but it changes the dynamic of this team, and you also throw Musa in that starting lineup, who's a new player. So even though most of these guys are coming back from last year, they're still learning how to play with each other. And defense is defense to me is a little bit easier when you have the length and athleticism that they do. Um, because it's not no one's touching the ball. There's no we have to we have to get used to this guy taking 10 shots a game. But on offense, that is the case. You have to get used to, you know, to Musa Cisse rim running and throwing lobs to him. You have to get used to Landers Nolly's style of play, the way that he wants to play. Like I said, he's a very ball dominant player. So there are different pieces in this offense that are going to make it take a second for it to work, and you see that. I mean, you saw it. You saw it in the first game. Obviously, Boogie Ellis and and Damian Ball played well off the bench, but you saw it in the in the, with the starting lineup in the first game because the bench outscored the starters. 
Um, and in, in some in some scenarios, that's a good thing. You always want to have good bench scoring, but you want to see more consistency from your starting lineup. And I, I, like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with new pieces, and a lot of it has to do with DJ Jeffries just hasn't has not found his stride at all yet through the first two games. Um, led the team in rebounding today, so he did play well on the boards, but. That that's not what he's here for. It's great that he puts he can put up seven to ten rebounds a game, but he has to score for this starting lineup to be effective. If it's only Landers Nolly that's a scoring threat from outside the paint in that starting rotation, then teams can key in on that, uh, dive down on Musa when when the team is going downhill, and and put a lot of attention on Landers Nolly. So DJ has to play better offensively for this starting lineup to work. Um, I think I think in the past two games you've seen him take for the majority, take good shots, and they just haven't fallen yet. So, you know, could that be he missed the end of last year? He hasn't played again. He hadn't played basketball games in a while now. Obviously, none of these guys have, but they've had, you know, they had more experience in their freshman year. They had more time to have that, those ups and downs and those roller coasters, and and he's still kind of in the middle of that. Um, so I, I think he comes around. He's too good not to come around Obviously, it it's you know it's not fun as a Memphis fan to watch. I've seen some people talking about pulling him and stuff. That that's taking it too far. That's ridiculous. That's a that's a little too far in my opinion. But uh, just offensively, players weren't hitting shots today. Lester hasn't played well offensively in the first two games. Uh, Damian didn't look as good in this game. I think Boogie did force multiple shots in this game. He hit a he hit a couple of big shots, but he forced some shots. Um, Musa Cisse looked looked decent at times when he when he shot that hook shot. Woo, that was bad. Well, that was I mean it was obviously what we've been saying from the very beginning is that Musa is about as raw as it gets on the offensive end. You know, halfway through the game, I tweeted, "Stop throwing the ball to Musa in the paint so much. Putting put him in places where he can succeed. Right now, that's not successful for him because that's not his game. Um, so yeah, you know, you you talk about you talk about DJ in particular and you're absolutely right. You know, DJ, DJ's had a rough two games. Um, I know he's not a rebounder. I know that's not what we, that, that's not what he's on this team to be the leading rebounder. We don't need him to be that. But what that says to me though, is that the effort is there and that's all you can really ask for right now, because what, what you're seeing is defense is always going to be more advanced in any sport, it's always going to be more developed, more like further along in terms of of development at the beginning of the season. Because while there are schemes and there are things that they like to do, whether it's you know on ball screens, how they how they respond to pick and rolls, what they do in terms of switching, um, defense lar- in large part is about effort. And there is, if there is one thing that you can say about the Tiger team is that they do not lack effort at any point in the game. They are full bore the entire time, and that's a that's a that's a coaching thing. That's a motivation thing from the coaching staff. The coaching staff getting them ready to play. Um, the offense, what you're seeing, I think, is you're seeing um, a stunted off season. You're seeing no scrimmages, no exhibition games, no, you know, things like that. And, and truth be told, man, when you're playing, if you're practicing against the same people on your team every single day, and that's all the run you're getting in terms of offense, you're just not going to get a very good, um, a very good barometer of how your offense is playing. I think 
uh, you know, Dan Dockich said it at the very end of the game. He said he's Penny's going to have a ton of film to walk through with the players, and they're going to learn from this, and they're going to grow from this. And I completely agree with him. Like I know there is a lot of the skies, the sky is falling, everything's bad. The, you know, the offense is terrible. Penny's a terrible coach, and I just I, I want to caution anybody who's listening to this just to understand that that this is the second game of the season in a in an off season where um there just wasn't a lot of opportunity to to develop their offensive scheme and i think it's it's there it just has to be coached up and film and, and in the film room on the floor um it's going to happen and with dj man dj is dj dj's effort is there and he he's playing hard um but it's like what you said a few minutes ago you know him him missing those 12 games um in at the end of last year obviously stunted his development as a college basketball player um and it's coming guys like it's coming it'll be there the development that you've seen with Lester with Boogie and with Damian over the first two games the the obvious growth and development you've seen in their games compared to last year DJ will be there and will be even better I think yeah and, and I think you make a good point because he's not just throwing his hands up and saying well shit, I can't score so I can't impact the game he's still going out there playing defense getting rebounds and and doing other things to impact the game but I agree with you I think the scoring comes along there and and people forget about this early season DJ Jeffries very quickly but one thing I will say is I, I honestly believe if you have DeAndre Williams and Ahmad Ron in this game you probably win you probably, you probably win, win this game because Memphis was getting tortured down low <laughs> um, by by Charles Bassey and uh, William, Williams, Will, Will, Carson Williams, Carson, Carson Williams. Williams. Um, and Carson if you Williams have, does nothing if you have DeAndre Williams in that exa- game. Exactly, because they just didn't have anybody as physical and uh, like they didn't have the height and the physicality to keep up with him, or at least they didn't have the players in the game at the time when Bassey and Williams were in the game to take care of them. I think maybe some more lineups, even even if it's not a good offensive lineup with Malcolm and Musa or some other combination of bigs, probably should have been out there at some point in the game when they were getting thrashed down low. But if you have DeAndre, I think DeAndre would have would have probably shut down Carson Williams pretty easily. N- not that he's as physical as Carson Williams was, but he's bigger. I think he would be way too big for, for Carson Williams to handle. So I think that auto- automatically would have given you an advantage there. You could have run DeAndre and Musa at the same time, and and DeAndre could have helped with Charles Bassey down low because uh, Musa wasn't wasn't having a lot of fun down low with Charles Bassey. That's a grown man. Charles Bassey is a grown man. Like that yeah. guy. That guy's a pro. He's a good yeah, he's player. A he's a pro, and he's you know he's been in he's been in college for a minute. Musa's in his second game, so you, you kind of expected that. Brooks talked about it a little bit on the on the episode yesterday that he would be looking for that matchup and would be interested to see you know, where Musa was. And I think in the beginning of the game, Musa was kind of taking advantage of it, was looking like he was going to get the better of him. And as the game went on, uh, Charles Bassett obviously took over the game completely on both ends of the floor. He was dominant, blocking shots, just just like you said, effort, second chance points, grabbing rebounds, uh, finishing down low. He, he played an incredible game, and he's a big reason, probably the biggest reason, why Western Kentucky was able – to defeat Memphis and move on to the championship, but now, uh, Kenny, they will play. Memphis will play tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time. 
I believe, and they will play the loser of West Virginia and VCU. So two good basketball teams. We'll get another chance to see where they're at. Um, I'm sure Memphis fans would like to see West Virginia lose and play against them because they are a ranked team. Uh, but VCU, I mean, anybody that's a college basketball fan knows VCU is is typically a good and, and very well-coached team every year. So we'll get, we'll get more of an opportunity to see where this Memphis team is at. Um, I don't think, and, and this is a pretty obvious statement, but I don't think you're able to see a ton of growth in this tournament because it is back-to-back-to-back days. I think when we will see growth from this team is when they're able to come back to Memphis, sit down, really, really break down the film from these three games, really start putting different things in in practice that they've seen from these three games. So uh, don't expect Memphis to look like a completely different team on Friday. I think they I think they can look better than today. I'm not saying – I definitely think they can look better than they did against Western Kentucky. But I think we'll see more adjustments made once they're able to get back to Memphis and and kind of break that down. Because you can't blow up a full game plan or a full, uh, you know, full minutes lineup rotations within one day. That's just – it's too hard to be able to do that much in one day when you're not, you know, you're not in your home state, you're on the road and three games in three days. So I expect a lot more adjustments and this team to look a little bit different when they get back uh, and get a few days off before they're able to change some things and fix some things at practice. But they will have another good game on Friday, another good uh, opponent, good competition, and, and we'll get another chance to see where this team is early in the season. But this is the point where Brooks would say, everybody, chill out, take a breath, relax. You don't know anything about a team in the first five to ten games of a season. It doesn't It doesn't give you enough of a picture of what that team's going to be, what they're going to turn out to be, especially when you have guys that are supposed to be on this team that still aren't yet. So if you get DeAndre Williams back, and Ahmad will more than likely be back within the next week and a half, two weeks, whenever the NCAA uh, allows him to come back from the, from the COVID-19 uh, protocols, whatever they have in, in place for that. So there's still pieces on this team that aren't there. Uh, they're still learning to play together. It's still very early in the season, so take a breath, relax, chill out, enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy Friday's game, and we will we will see where this team ends up. You know, in a couple weeks, what we see from them in a couple weeks will be um, we'll, we'll tell more about whether where their trajectory is in these first three games in South Dakota. Kenny, you got anything else? Yeah, I mean, I just I you know we do. It is very early on in the season, but it's almost like we've got to take a we got to take a step back and go. This is a stunted season as well, though, in terms of of the amount of time that they have, how many games they have to play. So, the adjustments need to be made quickly. You know, the the they need to get the answers on DeAndre. You know, get a mod back. You know, figure out what they're going to do in terms of 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 making those kinds of adjustments. Christian, I don't know. Is there anybody in in uh, the American? Is there are there any big men in the American that are as good as Charles Bassey? I w- I don't think so. I've- uh, Houston had Fabian White, but he left. He's gone. Uh, he, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Fabian White was similar as far as build and physicality. Obviously, not the talent level of Charles Bassey. Um, the big man from USF, I can't remember his name right now. Um, I think it's Alexis something. He's a uh, he's physical down low, but he's not as big. He's like six eight. So I don't think you see a big man in the American that's that's as good as Charles Bassey. That won't happen this season. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, obviously that's the that's the beauty of of these kinds of games. Nobody at the end of the season is going to look back and go, "The Tigers didn't win the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic." How they're they're a terrible team, 
the beauty of it is, is though, is that the more runs that they get in, in situations like this, um, Penny, um, Cody, Toppert, and Tony Matlock, and and JJ will be able to take a a step back, look at look at film, and um, make the adjustments. If if that's anything that we've seen them do, they're good at that stuff. They're good at at at, at providing those opportunities for adjustments for the team. So, um, all is not lost. Um, the Tigers are still, I think, a very good team. So, let's see how they do tomorrow night. All right, Kenny, that, that is that all you got? That's all I got. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. wonderful time of the year fantasy baseball draft season is upon us which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank sample six times per week throughout march sleepers breakouts busts, live mock drafts spring training updates and everything in between every monday through saturday make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.